I wish this podcast would carry me away. But while talking to Squeak, and Michelle get a word in edgeways. Record over a bottle of rum on a dock of Southampton Bay. Do sound. That is what we're talking about. Saddle up my microphone, get deep in Baker Bone. Two South by Southeast. Hello and welcome to Due South by Southeast, the podcast which gives Due South its dues one episode at a time. My name is Detective Squee. With me as always is Dottie Baker and... Mountie Michelle. And civilian aide Elaine Nicola. Welcome guys, we're again recording with our fancy pants new recording equipment. I still haven't figured out what I'm doing with it because we're recording at the same time as I record the intro to the Catherine Bruyere episode, which I hope you all enjoyed. We don't know, we haven't released it yet. We're not time travellers, this isn't my Doctor Who podcast that I do. Which, by the way, check it out at uh, GallifreyStonesPodcast.com. Nice plug. We're, of course, on the Wonky Spanner Network, though, which we love. We do. do. We, not, guys? we love him. Yes, we do. And we love you, Spindles, the, the man behind the network. Yay. He's awesome. So, um, nicely snorted there, Dottie <laughs> Baker. She wants to be on the podcast. Oh, she is. She's like the, the lead co-host. <laughs> I mean, jeez, what? I'd be, be stuck with you guys otherwise. <laughs> I mean, gee. She adds an air of professionalism. I mean, Someone's got to. True, she licks herself and snores into the microphone, but still more professional. Yeah. So in a little bit, we're going to be talking about uh, Victoria's Secret for the second time. Now, uh, listener, you may have only heard it once, but uh, we recorded this whole episode one time before. Someone lost the audio. Someone accidentally deleted it when they were going through their laptop. I'm thinking probably Nicola. But, uh, you know, yeah, you're, you're admin. I am admin. Well, I'm not admin, really. Well, let's just say you are. <laughs> let's just say you lost it. I think it he's then. just trying to put the blame on you there. Well, that's exactly yes. what I was trying to do. Yes. I'm glad you picked up on that. We all know the truth. That it was a joint effort between you two. Yeah, that's <gasps> fine. Can you believe it? Well, How are you doing, ladies, anyway? You all right? Yeah, good. good, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been a bit rubbish for me. I had a oh. car crash. Oh, and um, being a woman driver, your fault, yeah? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I was just minding my own business, sitting at a red light, and someone went into the back of me. Hardly so my fault. you distracted by sitting around drinking while you're driving, which shouldn't be encouraged anyway. Water. I was drinking water. Well, I'm still drinking driving. <laughs> but I wasn't actually moving, so still, no blame on me there, I don't think. <laughs> no, um, but, but you're okay now. I'm yes, I'm okay. And it looked like it was cosmetic damage to your car, which proved not to be the case either. Yes, I can't even open the boot of my car now. Oh. Does that mean Gary can't get out? Anyway, uh, moving on. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it must be hot in there, especially in that gimp suit. But anyway, that's another. I've story. cracked a window. He'll be fine. Let's go. Cool. Um, so we, the, the rum's out, the fun's out, and we're ready for another record of G South by Southeast. Yeah. We, of course, have got a couple of orders of business to do. I swear I'm just gesticulating more, which, of course, you <laughs> cannot see uh, gesticulating, nothing else, which you cannot see at home. But, but like, I think having all this equipment and stuff is making me perform a little bit for the equipment. 
I like that you'll perform for the equipment. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to go. That that kind of sounded a little bit wrong. What I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, there. I'm, really I'm going to stop before I finish that sentence. Actually. So anyway, let's get to our orders of business now. Eventually, everything will play through the boards, but uh, I'm still getting used to all this. So a few sound cues will be playing through my iPad tonight or today, whenever you're listening to it. We just happen to be recording at night. Mm. Um, so such as things like the clips from the show, which we watched the other day. Usually we watch it just before we record an episode. This week we watched it the other night after we did the Catherine Bruyere uh, interview. Unfortunately, after watching it, it was getting quite late, so we didn't get around to record, so we did it tonight. The, the record, well, we're doing it right now. We're doing obviously, it now. Obviously we're doing it because we're talking about it. Like, you can hear me talking, of course we're doing it right now. The point is, we recorded all these clips previously when we did the first version of this record, so they won't sound as crisp as hopefully in future weeks they will. The idea is everything's going to get recorded directly onto my laptop, through the mixing board, and it's all going to sound lovely. So excuse a few you know, audio imperfections, but hopefully we are sounding much better than we had previously. It's amazing that anything can make us sound professional, really. <laughs> I know, I know. It's got, I, I'm, I'm as surprised as you, Michelle. <laughs> How are you doing anyway, Nicola? You're being very conspicuously quiet. I'm absolutely fine, thank you. Is it all the shouting over me going, stop talking about colours and back to stuff and get the levels right? No, I am absolutely fine. I'm quite happy. I've got a rum and I'm quite happy. You're right, Nicola. I was very calm. No, no, well put. No, I, I'm being too down on myself. I was, of course, calm and measured. I didn't get stressed with the audio equipment. No matter how many wires I found it, I found it that I found that I needed, no matter how much I couldn't work out the levels and stuff, I never once got angry. You're right, you're right. It's good that I was so calm and missed, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've got a little bit of making up to do. Well, we won't do it while you're in the room, Michelle. That would be tactless. <laughs> yeah, could you leave? <laughs> <laughs> Are you keeping the microphones going? <laughs> yeah. You don't want to break the record. Just give it three minutes. <laughs> oh, generous. <laughs> oh, I... You're usually done before then. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's get on to... Uh, we haven't got a sound cue for a bit. What rum we're drinking, Michelle? Johnny Whitechash, if you're listening. Come on. You've been promising to record <laughs> these little links for us. I mean, it's not like we can do stuff ourselves, but... So, uh, we got two rums this yeah. week. We're starting off as mysteriously we did last week. Not mm. as if we recorded two things at the same time. But we're starting off with the Captain Morgan's, which we're enjoying at the moment. Yeah, the um, Golden Spiced Captain Morgan's rum. Very nice. And then we're going to move on to a brand new rum, which we're going to talk about uh, when we tried it during the record. Yeah. Yes. Looks very nice. Yeah, so we haven't had a sip of this yet. This was brought by Michelle, so thank you very much, Michelle. You are welcome. Nico, are you keeping your rum list up? Because you're meant to be getting good. Yeah. Lots happened between the start of that rum list and now. Hmm. What, what, have you moved house or something? Yeah. Welcome, by the way. It's very <laughs> uh, I mean, the reason why we go to the podcast room is Michelle... Sorry, Michelle. Michelle hasn't moved in. We, well, we keep her in the cupboard as you... Yeah, I'm in the yeah. cupboard. You know I'm there all the time. If you go onto the um, <laughs> Two South by Southeast Facebook group, you will see a video where we show you around the new podcasting room, which is a bit of a work in progress. Um, but you'll find out where, where Michelle lives between yeah. records. I'm only allowed out to go to the shops to buy rum and to record the podcast. Yes. And occasionally we'll let you visit the kids. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Usually yeah. they have to come to me in the cupboard, though. They, well, uh, we they talk through the cupboard door, but uh, yeah. 
We let you visit Gary, but you keep on refusing. (laughs) (laughs) The long-suffering Gary. Uh, So, yeah, so what what rum are we going to be drinking? We're going to be drinking Admiral Benbow. Benbow? Benbow. Benbow, Benbow. Benbow sounds better. Mm, Say it a few more times. Tomato, tomato. (laughs) Uh, And I like on here... No, no, it's Benbow. It's not tomato. That would be very different from Benbow. (laughs) But underneath it, it says superior tot. Ah, a little totty. A little totty there. Mm, totty, totty. Totty. Are you going to tell the story? Yeah, there's, there's a little story. on. Oh, I've lost the story. Morning glory. You've it's lost the plot. Uh, it's, yeah. Is that what you're saying? It's there. Yeah. Admiral John Bimbo. Bo. <laughs> <laughs> John the Bimbo. <laughs> the fighting sailor. A maritime legend. He vanquished pirates by beheading 13 of them as proof for a bounty. Ruthless in battle. Roofless. Roofless. He had no roof. <laughs> he had no roof. Not on his ship. Who would stop at nothing to win, including creating a 300-ton bomb ship. <laughs> that didn't come out right. <laughs> I can read. I've got contacts 300 on. 300-ton bomb, bomb ship. Ship. <laughs> 300-ton bomb ship to destroy the enemy at St. Marlow. To get the job done. The job done? <laughs> the Navy sent Bembo. Honestly, I've got contact lenses in. I clearly can't read from I mean, that's worse than my reading. And I blame the dyslexia. What's your excuse? I need my glasses. These contacts aren't working out for me. And now Nicola is reading in her head (laughs) on a podcast. A 300 ton bomb ship. So it's a bomb ship that was 300 ton. Yeah. To get the job done, the Navy sent Bimbo about. Listeners, I mean, you see what I'm doing with here. That's all I'm saying. Well, we won't know until we've drank it, will yeah. we? I think it's going to be a good one. Anyway, sorry, I don't think I finished what I was saying before. Uh, so Nicholas moved in mm. between somewhere between whichever records that we were doing. <gasps> and that's why we've got this podcasting room, because my housemates then moved out. Not because of Nicola, but they, 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 they were, well, it was all hand in hand. The reason why Nicola was moving in despite the fact that we want to set up a happy home together, was that uh, our housemates, our lovely housemates, Nick and Joy, who are mini Mounties, I believe, on our list. They are indeed. Uh, moved out. So uh, we wish them best luck up in Scotland where they are now. We and do. we've got the house to ourselves, including this glorious podcasting room. Yeah. Or as we call it, the Dotty Podcasting Suite. Mm-hmm. Dotty looks very nonplussed at the moment. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I've made a podcasting Celebrityism all in your stride, don't you, babe? Yeah. That's that. Anyway, um, so uh, I think the next order of business, we kind of have alluded to it there, but it is... Thank you, Jonathan Whitetrash and uh, Mr. Matley's. Now, Johnny does the, uh, the mini mountain club, eh? And the music is provided by uh, Mr. Matley's who also provided a bit of equipment. Uh, basically, I was having loads of issues hooking my soundboard up to my laptop. Matt, very kindly, as an early 40th birthday present, this is my 40th coming up in December, he sent me the right bit of equipment to hook it all up, and because of him, this is all happening. So we just like to give an extra special thanks to Mr. Matt Lees, who also does our opening and closing theme tunes. A lovely guy, uh, such a great friend. Thank you so much, mate. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, a Mini Mountie Club, though. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a couple... We've got a couple to induct. 
And it helps to look at the right list. I could be saying all kinds of weird things there. Oh, it's the left list? Yes. And uh-huh. pre- you just tapping. I think I just did. You just tap the right I did. I'm sorry. Amateurs. Amateurs. But we're starting here at number 64 on our list today. Casper. Right. And by the way, we're starting earlier than the uh, episode before. Yep. Because, um, well, I usually say time and wine when I'm recording Gallifrey mm. Stands because that makes sense to that. But basically, look, we, we lost the original recording of this, so we originally recorded this list and then it's gone all back. Casper, who's Casper? Tell us, tell us loads about Casper. I can't remember who Casper is now. Who's <laughs> <laughs> Casper? Nothing to do with me. So when we originally recorded, someone came up with Casper for this list. Is it the friendly ghost? It could be. Is it someone it, a, it sounds like a pet. Is it someone's pet you know, or a cat, or someone's cat, Casper? Could be. We're going to have to look into. Do you this actually now, know anyone called Casper? No. Do you is know it? anyone called Casper? No. no. I mean, that would be an obvious one, which I would hope one of us would think of. If well, we that's did. how strange. None of us. It's can not remember. your sister-in-law's cat, or no. something. Not your sister-in-law. No. So we got Casper. <laughs> not next. Who we're imagining cat. is someone's. Cat, guinea pig, something. If you know who Casper is, please write him. But he or she is on the list. It's not I mean, a friend's cat. Nothing next no. doors that wanders in. Jesus, no. we're a ropey organisation around here. But anyway, Casper's now on the list. Whatever. Like, it, it's not one that needs friends. No. Anyway, Casper. Casper's on the list. We'll move on past Casper. I mean, this, this list is so <laughs> official. But, um, yeah, go on. Number 65, James Kershaw. Yeah, who's that? That's my nephew. That's actually spelt wrong as well. That's why I look at it. It's actually K E R S H A W. Okay. Not not as in Kershaw the uh, John Kershaw. Yeah. The impressionist. Is Kershaw as in Kershaw? Actually, <laughs> not that it matters. I'm currently mind. doing an impression of an impressionist. He yeah. kind of talks like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's my nephew James. He's uh, ten. He's a lovely little boy, come and stayed here, stayed here recently. Oh, yeah, yeah, and we'd like to thank him and, and his dad, Gary, for looking after our guinea pigs while we were away. He did, and doggies. Yeah, yeah, that's very nice. Yeah, he come and stayed for the weekend while we went well, to There was only Sheffield. one doggy, because Murph, who is, is Nicholas' dog, has moved in. Now, well, I like to think of him as our dog. Yeah. I'm very proudly a, a stepdaddy to him. Um, Dottie was away at her mum's, so, yeah. Yeah, so Gary and... Uh, uh, James, come and stay for the weekend. It was very nice of him. Next. Number 66. We only have the one and only Tony Craig. Oh, oh Mr. Tony Craig. So, obviously, a mini Mountie. So, technically, he is the first mini Mountie on our list who's been in due south, but he's being inducted second, but on an earlier number. It all makes sense. Yep, works yep. for me. Yep. Uh, number 67, we have Just John. Just John. Now, this is Matt Lee's podcasting co-host from the Legend in My Spare Time podcast. So I met him while we were up in Wales. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely uh, cool. What, what were we up in Wales for? For Matt Lee's. Well, it was for Matt Lee's versus cancer, cancer. Yes, which was his very special. And it was a uh, great evening. Absolutely amazing evening. It was a fundraiser. What was that you were saying, Nicola, and trying not to get on mic, was that you were very drunk? <laughs> I wasn't very drunk that night. I know, well, you were trying to mind. Anyway, it's Matt Lee's versus music, versus cancer, sorry, versus music. He's very much for music. <laughs> he was doing a special fundraiser. He raised a sugar ton. Oh, no, we can swear on this. He raised a shit ton of uh, money for uh, 
to, I forget the name of the specific charity, but let's see, I've got the poster here, which we keep on the wall. Oh, yeah, all proceeds were going to Vellandir Cancer Centre. Uh, so I believe was it over a thousand great Oh yeah, it was amazing. It was it was a great evening, great music obviously, it's Matt. So it's great evening. Um yeah, it's good. They had a raffle, they had uh, money on the door, yeah. Matt was playing, it was great. I I hosted the raffle, which was a great honour for me. And what's wonderful is uh, Matt himself beat cancer. Uh that in itself is is a huge uh, huge achievement to to throw cancer the door. But then to take the fight back to cancer and to raise money to stop it so other people don't have to go through the same thing, hopefully one day is mm-hmm. an even more wonderful thing when you face it yourself. So well done, Matt. We're so proud of you. And just, John, pleasure to meet you and welcome to Mini Mountie Club. And at number 68, we actually have the Belindre Cancer Centre. I hope I'm saying that right. Belindre. So we, we, oh yeah, no, I remember, yeah, we, yeah. we decided to induce, induct... Induce. Sounds like they're giving birth to it. <laughs> yeah, we managed to induct. We we decided to induct the cancer research centre themselves. Sod it. Why not? We we've inducted so many weird and wonderful things on this list. It's why our not? list. We can do what we want with it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. At number sixty nine. Oh, dude, this guy. Fitz Viceroy Fizzlebottom. Oh, oh Fitzy. Awesome. Uh, awesome guy. Again, while we were off at uh, Matt Lee's first cancer. We met this guy, he uh, carpooled with us back from the venue. Mm. He was great, uh, Irish fellow, really lovely. We had a, a lovely time geeking out. Like, actually, on the way in, because Nicola was getting there straight from work later. I yeah. was going there earlier in the day. So I met up with Fitz earlier, and we ended up talking on the way in in the taxi. And we were just geeking it up like uh, we'd known each other for years. So, uh, so welcome to Mini Mountie Club, Fitz. Yes, welcome. And that's all we have for this week's. Yeah, and last yeah. week we inducted Catherine Bruyere, who's yes, number 70. 70. So we're all up to date, we're up to 70, only 30 more to go to get up to our 100 target, and we're only just heading towards the end of yeah. Series 1. We've done pretty damn well, I think. Yeah, we've done really well. Yeah, multiple Mounties every week. Yep. That's what you can expect <laughs> from this podcast. <laughs> So, uh, Nicola, what is the episode we've been watching this week? Um, so it's actually part one of Victoria's Secrets. No, Victoria, Victoria's oh, Secrets. Sorry, Victoria's, Se- Victoria's Secret. Yeah. I mean, technically, because it's two-parter, it is two Victoria's Secrets, but it's Victoria's Secret, part one and part two. Okay. Got it? Yeah. <laughs> Not to be confused with the underwear. No. No. Uh, thank you for wearing it for the record. That's my pleasure. Can I go and put my clothes on now? No. Okay. You know how I feel about this. So, um, I mean, mine's chafing a bit, I won't lie. Anyway, so Victoria's Secret Part 1. Um, I mean, Nicola, I'm just going to guess, but uh, I think if someone were going to record something on IMDb, I'm not going to look, but I think they might say, Victoria, the only woman Fraser ever loved comes to Chicago, but does she have... Al- uh, does she have ulterior motives written by Anonymous? I'm guessing that's what it was saying. Mm. So this is a pretty damn special episode. Mm. I mean, uh, it's almost like the whole first series of showing you the character of Benny leads up to this episode. Yeah. And it's 
I absolutely love the fact that he kind of builds up this character and you see him in such a way and that kind of gets turned on its head in this episode. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, another episode where they first talk about Victorian. He kind of um, suggests there's this woman who he's fallen in love with before and it's just kind of quick reference and stuff and now you get to really go into it. It's it's so special. There's a very cinematic feel straight from the beginning whereby... You come in on uh, the log cabin, which mm-hmm. is owned by uh, Benton Fraser Sr. And you don't necessarily know that straight away, but you see mm-hmm. it getting burnt to the ground and exploding. Well, well a kerosene lamp getting pushed over yeah. and exploding. And it's a very nice dramatic way into the episode. And there's lots of shots like that, which make it feel like, in the same way that the pilot to Due South was a TV movie, this feels like almost like a TV movie heading towards the end of the series. So you've got two-parter, which is this, then you got one more episode and that's the series done. But it's almost like the last episode's a reaction to everything that happens in this two-parter. Mm. But uh, Michelle, what's our first note? Yeah, so we kind of started, you know, as you've mentioned, the cinematic opening, the fire, and then there's a snow globe. Yes. You see this snow globe, but I think that's quite significant. I can't remember why. Why is that significant? I can't remember. Because uh, someone's... Sugar. It's a problem. Usually we watch <laughs> yeah. it right before we record, so everything's fresh in our minds. Uh, I believe someone doesn't rate collect snow globes or have a snow globe. I can't remember now. I'm sure in a, a previous episode you got Ray or so you got Benny with a snow globe. Okay, yeah. let, let's move on from moving that, that on. We look even worse than <laughs> well, we do already. Moving on, we actually have a, a clip. So we've got some. We're starting with Ren, Rennie. I've just merged them. Benny and Ray, as Benny's taken a vacuum cleaner to um, to be fixed. And we've got a lovely clip of that, I hope. No, we don't. Don't you? No, we don't have a clip of that. Oh. See, this, the wheels have fallen off already. Basically, oh. though, uh, I know the clip, the, the moment of which you speak. Yeah. Oh, I know. So, right, right. I don't think this encompasses them taking the, the vacuum back. But there's a scene which opens with... Uh, Okay. Without playing the clip, I don't know if it's in here or not. So I'll explain a bit, then I'll play the clip. We'll find out what's in yes. there. Yes. Yeah, okay. But they go into this repair shop uh, with a, uh, a little person who is working there. And you get this whole thing of that... Basically, you get the impression that everyone in Benny's building gives him stuff to repair. And he's going, oh, I was I was borrowing this vacuum cleaner and I want to return it only to, you know, or when to use it, only to find out that... Something had gone in it, so I had to repair it before it was sent back. And, you know, later on there's a TV which he's watching, which has yes. sound working. It's like, so anything he gets lent by the people in the building, he has to return repaired. So essentially it's their excuse to get stuff repaired yeah. in the guise of lending him stuff. So, uh, but this leads into them going out, and this is where Benny first meets Victoria. Mm. So something along these lines is going to be in this recording. Yes. And again... The audio quality will improve for future weeks, so this is the last week, hopefully, of a uh, slightly ropey sound quality on these recordings. You know how long that pool table's been in my basement? 15 years. My old man brought it home from Mother's Day, and Father's Day she let him back in the house. Uh, what's the name on that? Mustafi. You mean it's not even yours? No, I borrowed it from a neighbor. Apparently, he wasn't aware it was malfunctioning. 80 bucks. To fix that thing? I can buy a new one for that. 
Course, we'll find out that he wasn't mistaken. So yeah, it did have everything that you said in there. Yeah. It's, again, we did not record all this tonight. I I I would apologize that this might be a little bit more ramshackle because of stuff like that, but bear with us, dear listener, bear with us. So the other thing which is worth noting here is that when we went to look this up on YouTube, because all the episodes were on there, and we're still setting up the podcast room, we've had a lot of moving around with uh, Nicola moving in and the landlord's been doing some painting. We tried to play the episode originally from YouTube. I would not recommend it, especially with this episode, because it turns out when they've uploaded the episodes onto YouTube, they've stripped off all the music. Mm. For right reasons, obviously, but you watch something like an episode like Victoria's Secret. I mean, any of the episodes of Due South really do use music very effectively, so it's quite a shame when they remove any of it, but this episode, it just goes... Dead quiet for that whole scene, mm. apart from when they're talking. It just doesn't work at all. No. It ruins the flow of this whole episode. In this episode, they use a track by... Oh, yeah, Dottie. Dottie was not happy with it either. They <laughs> she use... sat up for this bit. Oh, yeah, she sat up. She's done into the mic. She said her piece, now she's sitting down. Mm. For this episode, they use a Sarah McLaughlin track, uh, Possession, which is uh, the piano version, as, as it's specifically listed. Which is one of the highlights of the Due South soundtrack, which is already a great album. But this one is so touching and moving. It, it's used repeatedly during the episode, I'm sure, in part two as well. We've got to watch that still. Mm. And, you know, I haven't watched it for years, so I can't remember particularly. But it's so good in this. All the music, all the kind of, uh, you know, music made for it is, is just wonderful. So we'd recommend you watch this one off the, off the DVD specifically. Yeah, it really did make yeah. a difference. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, basically, uh, yeah, you've got a nice setup with the nice Benny Ray scene as we like. Yes, we like it when they start with a nice Ray and Benny scene. I don't know if it's cool, but we like a little person here. Well, Michelle, obviously. One <laughs> um, of mine. Uh, just a nice little scene to open up, and, and you get that moment of Benny first of all thinking that he sees Victoria, and then kind of questioning himself. Yes. 
Yeah, when he clearly thinks, oh, you know, maybe it's, oh, I want to see her, you know, that kind of thing. But obviously later we find out it is her. But then we kind of go back to Ray and Benny again. Uh, you know, as Ray's been saying, his family are going on holiday and he's going to have the house to himself and he's making all kinds of plans and bringing yeah. the pool table up into the dining room or the living room. And Yes, the dining room. And it's, it's another one of these things whereby... It doesn't seem forced, but if you really sit back and think of it, and because we watched this one twice, first time for when we recorded and lost recording, second time for when we were going to be recording, mm. well, we were meant to be the other night, but recording today. And you realise, watching it twice, that there are a few times when he mentions about setting up this guy's night and having the pool table there. But it doesn't seem forced, but it does set things up very nicely for how important this is to Ray. Yeah. And he talks about this in this kind of like, guys, mate, is it going to be great? You know, these, I never get to do this. This is going to be going to be so good. Yeah. And that pays off later. Yeah. But, uh, yeah no, next note. Yeah. So the next note um, is actually, um, you know, the family have gone. They're setting up the pool table. You get this wonderful kind of comedy moment when Ray's got the table set up, he gets all the balls in the triangle, he lifts the triangle up off of the balls and they all just roll to one side. Ah, a nice bit of physical balls comedy. Yes, <laughs> and we do like that. We like, we like Ray playing with his balls. <laughs> it, it was a, a nice little touch. Yeah, uh, it's, is that the episode where he talks to Benny about the night? Yeah, yeah, because as he's setting it all up, he's talking to Benny again about, you know, oh, this... This lad's night, and I think Benny actually says in the scene, I wouldn't miss it. Yeah, and and, and Ray saying, it's like, oh, I thought I might get some uh, deli platter or some pizza. He goes, you know what, right, how often do you get to the... Yeah, yeah, that's the moment where he says that, and it's just so sweetly done, really. Yeah. It just, it, again, it just... Ray looks almost giddy looking forward to this night. Yeah. Well, then I think we might have another audio to play there. So I've got here about um, the confession with Benny explaining the mystery woman that we've just seen. Mm. Yes. Uh, th- yeah, this really lays down the episode very nicely. Yeah. You can tell it's playing on ben- Benny. And, you know, the, the yeah. fact that he thinks he's seen it. And, oh, actually, there's a lovely moment, which I think is the scene before this clip, where after he thinks he's seen her, he gets home and they actually do this transition using the snow globe so it goes from the scene out on the street to back to Benny's apartment and they use the snow globe to transition it's it's such a nice lot it's with, with some revolving doors they use and then it goes mm. to the snow globe and then it goes to Benny's apartment it's really nice you don't get many of these kind of shots in due south usually even though it's very well filmed and very cinematic and feel uh, you know in any episode it's very well filmed but here you've got these really special touches they put on it. Obviously, they knew there was something they want to do special in this one. Yeah. I think it's Paul Haggis who directs on this one as well, as well as writing. And they do this wonderful, um, yeah, shot. And it goes to uh, Deepen Baker with Benny. And Benny's going, it's like, it wasn't her. And then he closes his eye and he eyes and he pitches it. Yeah. And then you get her, like, moans the camera, why? Yes. So yeah. Nice. Uh, and yeah, then he goes to the priest. So kind of, yeah, so then it kind of explains everything. And a really interesting thing about this scene is the way they shoot it as well. Because, you know, in the confessional, yes. you've got the kind of the great um, 
like between mm-hmm. the the priest and the person that's confessing and you know maybe normally you'd kind of go back and forth between the two but it's all focused on Benny and it's all shot through mm-hmm. this grate so effective yeah. and I think it's in one long shot isn't it yeah I don't think they cut away once it's no, just I think Paul Gross delivering this uh, uh, speech all in him so you hear the priest and uh, the priest who was also in uh, two previous episodes who was in Hawk and Hansel yeah I think it was two episodes I think yeah. in was he in Free Willy Maybe I can't remember which no, I don't think it's free really. I think it was in two other episodes, but certainly in uh, Hawk and Hansel, mm. uh, the one which we thought sounded like a cheesy yes. Irish accent, but it's, it was just Irish American, so I think the American had influenced his accent over the years. Yeah. Um, but anyway, here's this scene. I, I hope it comes off as well in audio as it does when you watch it in video. She drove the getaway car. I'm sorry. So deeply movie moving, very effective scene. 
with when we recorded it. Uh, there was a bit of debate in the room, but I'm going to say with Dottie snoring right over it. <laughs> with me, I think, adjusting myself in the chair when I was recording originally and going... <laughs> <laughs> bring to the microphone very unprofessionally. Um, so we are sorry to Paul Gross from the whole production team behind you, Sam, to that, uh, unfortunately, I believe, dead actor who played the priest. But yeah, uh, amazing scene. Now, uh, Nicola, you thought it might have been Murphy making that noise, but I'm pretty sure that's when we recorded yeah, it the first time before Murphy was here. Mm, yeah. No, not up here. It was, we recorded those clips downstairs when we first watched it. Okay. So Maybe, this was... Yeah. yeah. So, uh, oh, God, we're opening the second room. So I'm sorry to interrupt us talking about that wonderful scene, but... Uh, you have to sniff it. I'm sorry, listeners, I know that you can't smell this, but... but if you could, oh, my God, that's what... I got a whiff of that as I opened the lid. I was like, caramel. Oh, there's yeah, very, oh well, see, I was getting sort of a vanilla Vanillary, yeah. caramelly, toffee. Yeah, it's all in yeah. there, I think. They do... Um, wow. I had a... Um, this way we usually do what rum we're drinking up front. <laughs> <laughs> I had a rum um, earlier, actually, that was by Jay... Mr. J. Mr. J. And that was a spiced rum, and that was very vanilla-y. Yeah. When you have it with Coke, it's almost like a cream soda sort of We effect. need to get yeah. some Mr. J's in when we're recording at some point, mm. because there's a wonderful cherry Mr. J's, which we like, mm. uh, which I very much yeah. like anyway. I mm. like that with some uh, orange juice. It's lovely. It's like a little free cocktail mm. rum. So back to that very moving scene. <laughs> 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 well, uh, Michelle, uh, pause the drink. Yeah. Nicola, as the first time you're watching these episodes, uh, how did that one hit you? Uh, that scene or the episode? That that scene. They, we're, yeah, we're, it, we're going through the episode scene by scene. Um, I mean, it's kind of what we do here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, You'll pick up on the format one day. I'll, I'll learn. Um, yeah, I mean, a great scene. Uh, the only thing that, that I would pick up on, and that's just my thought process of this very touching scene, was the fact that he put his her fingers in his mouth. Now, I'm oh, sure... He put her fingers... Yeah, in, in his, his mouth. mouth. Yeah, she did. Now, yeah. I would probably hazard a guess that the rest of us cold as well. <laughs> so I'm kind of thinking... So what, what would you have put in his mouth? Well, I'm well no, that. I know what you would put in his mouth. <laughs> what but, would you be most worried about dropping off because of the cold? Yeah, <laughs> I'm just thinking I'm not sure what sort of difference that made. Well, frostbite. Yeah, but then while he's keep yeah, and then while he the hands in it, his mouth, her nose has fallen off, her toes have fallen <laughs> off. Do you see where well, I'm toes, going? Toes are usually in some footwear. Okay, all right. Then noses her nose has fallen. Noses off. aren't. I believe they do. I could be correct. Yeah. Wait a second. I don't believe they are as susceptible to frostbite. Are they exactly as susceptible? Yes, my nose gets cold straight away when yeah, I'm cold. That, well, that's scientific. <laughs> My research. <laughs> I believe, because I don't hear a lot about nose frostbite being the first thing. It's usually fingers you hear about. Oh, I think it is. I think it is an issue, though. No, fingers and toes, though, are the ones they usually talk about. Is? I'm not saying it's not an issue at all. I think fingers and toes might be the main one. No. Anyway, I don't know how much scientific research that the character's meant to have done <laughs> while he's on this moment. But they're probably there. He thought he could keep them warm. And he did that yeah. as a nice thing. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if he just said I put her nose in my mouth, that wouldn't have had the same vibe. <laughs> wouldn't have sounded weird. <laughs> yeah. I kind of wish that's what he said now. <laughs> yeah. As I put my I, nose I in my mouth. I don't know if uh, I passed out, but I could feel I was dying. Um, put a nose in my gulp. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wish that was it now. There um, you go. Yeah. <laughs> you wanted my perspective? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I did ask for that. <laughs> 
I will only ever be honest. <laughs> That's very true. No, I, I think it's beautiful. It's just in one little soliloquy, he manages to tell the whole story of, mm. of what happened between them that night. It's beautifully written. Uh, nose in mouth absence <laughs> aside, I think it really tells a lovely story. And the idea that he'd be on a mountainside and he stakes a lean-to with his coat... Mm. It's just wonderfully Benny. And then there's so many nice little turns of phrase, like that speech is full of them. Later on, Ray uses the phrase, it's not you for which I do this. Or, you know, it's yeah, something along those yeah. lines. And there's loads of really nice phrasings. It's, it, 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 I, I think this is, pro certainly to date on Due South, I think this is the most well-written and... Pretty with language that it's got. You know, all the episodes have got some of this in it, but it's just like they've learned throughout the other episodes and they put it all into this one. Yeah, and I think the way the actors um, deliver the lines as well, it doesn't seem unnatural the way they're coming out yeah. of this language as well. I mean, with Benny, I think... You've already got a bit more license, I think, yeah, with Benny. Yeah, but do. even with Ray, I mean, the, the way the actor delivered, you know, that kind of unusual line for him, for his character, it didn't come across as being like, oh, no. he wouldn't say that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, um, yeah, that kind of says a lot about them and and their acting skills, really. Yeah, it, it's, it's marvellous. And just that's it. Again, just the intensity of just through a crate on one character, you would, I, I think you'd... It's very few and far between that you'd see a shot like that today. Mm. Yeah, and again, one of the wonderful things about Self is they can go from a scene like this to a comedy scene. Yeah, is that the next scene? That is the next scene. Um, I mean, again... I maybe talk about it then. <laughs> You're looking at me like I've got the notes. I think uh, we're both a big fan of... Um, the chap in the next scene, so you've got Benny's dad again. He pops oh, up again, yes. his, his ghost, and you know, they're, they're sitting in a cafe having a conversation, and it's just it's just perfect. I mean, the comedy in it. It's the way they set up the kind of comedy of Ray's dad's being very funny in it. Yes. Even though the way he's delivering it's very straight sometimes. Yeah. Benny's trying to very seriously talk about his problem. Yeah. And he's just going on about, like, first of all, he talks about his uh, mum, like, uh, Benny's mum. And they say mum like we do in Kenda, which we very <laughs> much appreciate. Talk about uh, Benny's mum and him pulling her over for a speeding ticket. And he goes, uh, what, you saw her in a car? I was ne sitting next to her in the passenger seat. And you pulled her over. And it's great. And he's like... He kept warning her, I'm going to give you a ticket in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there's one thing I've learned about women in my so many years of life and so many years of death so far is that I don't know one thing about women. <laughs> it's just lovely. Yeah. And I felt for him, Nicola. Okay. And it's also <laughs> the physical comedy in it as well with his hat. His yeah. mountie hat. Do you remember the scene, Nicola? I do, yes. Yeah, because uh, they buried him in the hat and then they had to chop the back off, so... It Laid flat. In the yeah, and they, they managed to set the shots up so it doesn't look unnatural, but it's kind of the shots are from behind. Uh, like it's an, it looks like an establishing shot you do from over the shoulder of one character to show the other one. But because of that, you get to see the fact that the back of the hat's cut off. And it's, yeah, so they cut off So when they're burying him. And he blames Benny, goes like, uh, 
I'm blaming you. Was this the last way you saw me? Is this how you're imagining <laughs> me right now? So it kind of plays in that thing that they're saying. It is him imagining him. He's not really there. We know that. And they make it's such a great touch because, you know, the fact that, you know, he's not really there. They could have just had him in a, just a regular mounty hat and no one would really think too much yeah. about it. But they had that extra touch in it. And later on, they do kind of call. They, no, they don't call back to it. I mean, they play on that whole thing of like, is he really there? Is he not? That That gets played about with a bit later. Mm. But for me, I think if Benny was imagining it, he would go down to the last detail. Yes. Very, very, very good point. Yeah. Um, he's methodical like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think Benny secretly got very anarchic side to him. It's very suppressed. It's like, you know, some other people suppress murderous rape. He <laughs> suppresses a little wacky side of him. <laughs> you know, he, he's so straight and buttoned up. But I think it's in there. It's like there's a, without too many spoilers, there's an episode coming up where he gets concussed. And I think that's, a bit of it is concussion, a bit of it is his wacky side coming out. Mm. And I think he suppresses down at every other given moment. <laughs> so maybe that's what his dad represents, is his wacky side. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Nicely thought, Nicola. I'll give Thank you credit. You. <laughs> yeah, so then moving on uh, with this scene, he's just about to leave and then he spots this lady Oh, can I just very quickly, just sorry, I love the uh, line when <laughs> his dad, who's eating all his chips or his fries is going um anyway, I better be off like uh I've been any help son he goes oh yeah big help <laughs> it's just beautiful I know I'm just re- reciting lines from the show but it's just so nicely done yeah. yeah so he thinks he spots Victoria again getting out of a, a taxi and he kind of goes running out onto the streets um looking for his he just jump over a car at one point as well. Yeah, he goes, he goes it, taxi. Or... Yeah, yeah, he goes like jumping over, like trying to find him. He's so like sure that he's seen her. So, excuse me, did you see a woman? And the taxi driver just pulls a gun out on him. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a random old touch, but it's like he's going okay, and just like, he just lets the guy go off, goes back in, and that's when Victoria comes up to the door and they meet in the doorway. Yeah, and. Uh, he said, oh, I thought I saw you there in the middle of the road. He goes, yeah, that was me. I was standing in the middle of the road. You know, it's, it's so... Uh, there's a nice little bit of kind of like wonder, slight awkwardness, like so many emotions which are on show in those couple yeah. of lines where it's like... It's almost timid. They don't know what to say to each other after all these years and after what happened last time they did meet. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. Oh, sorry, Dottie's um, decided to sit up. Did you have something to say? Would you like to say something? And she's no. going back down. Just want to check on what you were doing. You seem okay with it. Get on. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so they end up going back to Benny's flat because he's going to cook her a meal. Um, no, she's cooking the meal, isn't she? I think he goes out for ingredients and she's cooking the meal. Yeah, and and he's just eaten, and he says, uh, she goes, oh. uh, are you hungry? You're starving. Yeah. <laughs> and they get back to his. Yeah, so he, he, yeah, so he's just come back, he's got some ingredients, and she's cooking, and then, like, you know, she wants to set up for this nice meal for them, and there's this lovely scene where he's kind of, like, looking in the cupboards, um, and he's only got camping equipment. He hasn't got <laughs> plates and bowls and things, he's got a few bits of camping equipment. And he managed to find two bowls there. Yeah. <laughs> And she's going, I found this, that, and the other, and this, that. 
uh, so what are we eating? She gets everything. Everything. <laughs> so she's picking everything up. And uh, there's a nice bit where you can tell just he wants to do just anything that he, that she asks. He obviously wants to do, he wants to say something that makes amends, but he just wants to do stuff with her, which isn't as dirty as I mean it. <laughs> as, sorry. <laughs> as you mean I it. don't mean it as dirty as that sounds. Yeah. And uh, she goes, oh, could you just stir this? And he goes, that's one of my areas of abiding, unabiding interest. Yeah. Again, which is a lovely bit of language. And then he starts doing his starts burning, which is obviously he's saying this just because he wants to do whatever he she wants him to do. But he's got no idea what he's doing with this. No. And he just usually, I, I, I imagine he just cooks up field rations all the time. <laughs> that's all he ever yeah. eats is like the most basic uh Field rations kind of things. He doesn't do cooking because that would be a waste of time. But he could be spending doing something more a higher pursuit of some description. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, she asks him if he's got any candles, and he opens up his cupboard again, yeah. <laughs> and he's just got tons of candles yeah. in there in case of um a power cut. Yeah, so he hasn't got any any uh, equipment for eating, but he's got hundreds of candles. Yeah. In power cut. Again, practical. Practical, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> oh. But, you know, at least he's prepared for romance, all those candles. Nicola, where, where's our cup full of candles? Uh, who knows? We've got to find one yet. What, you just think we're just going to open a cupboard eventually? Yeah, oh, there they like, are. One we've never seen before, it's going to be full with candles. Yeah, and at the back's going to be an iron. <laughs> I can't imagine why we need... To, what, what is this iron thing you, you speak of? I know, I know. It's, it's just like a mirage. Yeah, I don't believe these things exist. I'm pretty sure they're just things you see on TV. Yeah. Mm. Am I remembering correctly that she says, oh, you're prepared for everything? And he's like, not everything. Yeah. 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 He's not prepared for everything. No. <laughs> I'll just pop down to the chemist then. I'll yeah. <laughs> I didn't take it like that. No, no. <laughs> she said. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Go on. No, don't. How did you take... Stop going, no, no, talk, talk, converse. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, I didn't take it like that. I think he just wasn't prepared for her. And what I, he I was agree. feeling for her. Yeah, I think that's more the, the beat. I don't yeah. think he probably had condoms in. Yeah. <laughs> just has it in a guess, but... Uh, Another cupboard full of condoms. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? He probably might have, actually. Yeah. It's like, I, I wasn't prepared for this. I mean, I don't have any condoms, but other than that, I was prepared for you. I just assumed you'd appear on the street, <laughs> but, no, but I don't what, have any condoms. You know what sort of guy he, he is? He's probably fashioned one out of something. A bit like Boy <laughs> Scout. Well, he's got old school, he's got I a love that. Scat. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I've just, yeah. Oh. Which the first condoms would make. Uh, they were, shoes. yeah. And Isn't reusable, I believe, yeah. weren't they? They could be yes, washed and reused. And by okay. the way, this isn't dirty, it's just factual. It is. I think we've talked about this before. Because did we not talk about hanging them up on a previous yeah, episode? Yeah, I think we might have. On a line. Was it this? Yeah, the, the, well, yeah, it must have been. We talked about hanging them on a washing line to dry them How out. How is this a Due South podcast? <laughs> one where sheep's intestine or stomach condoms and reusable condoms come up more than once. <laughs> it's just that kind of a show. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, yeah. Well, yeah, that happens. That's yeah. what it is. <laughs> Are you sleepy, Nicola? <laughs> I am. I am. Oh, you can't come join us. No, I am. Girl. I am. I'll start slapping her around the face if she starts nodding off. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Kinky. <laughs> 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 
Just go and wash your condom out. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, listeners, I apologise. Oh, that's why you don't need me to wake up. <laughs> yeah, now you're like, actually, go to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> oh, I think we should move on. Uh, I've written down Deef and Candles. Was he... I'm trying to picture it now. Yeah. I think I noticed well, that up. they were busy kicking. He just went out and got a little uh, fire like, Oh, hey, awesome, Curtis. So I think they had candles. <laughs> Doesn't he sound like Tommy Cooper? <laughs> yeah, he did. He's like... Oh, just like this. Oh, guys. You want it? So I was... Um, I was trying to other idea the other day and I'm like, I've got one of those brand new car phones and suddenly the, the boss comes on the phone. He goes, um, I want to tell you... Got a promotion, congratulations. So, oh, thank you very much. Oh, and I accidentally did a little swerve as I heard this news. Uh, wasn't expecting it. Quickly right the car, it was fine. Got another ring on the car phone a minute later. It was the boss again. He said, congratulations, you've been made ahead of your division. Oh, I, I, I did a huge swerve. It's all right, they've managed to self-right the car. It was fine. And I go, oh, thank you very much, boss. Goodbye. Got one more call from the boss. He goes, tell you what, I quit. You can have my job. I was so shocked, I swerved, I went into a lay-by, I crashed the car. You might say I careered off the road. Oh, God. And now, given that as a car phone joke, that must be one of the later Tommy Cooper jokes. And for anyone who's not in the UK, he was a comedian magician. Yeah. Like, the whole idea he was, a... he, he purposely looked like he wasn't very good at magic because he'd purposely do these things which would go wrong, mm. the comedic effect. And then at the end of the act, he proved that he could do magic by mm. doing some big reveal. Very sort of Penn and Teller-esque, really. He was mm. very unique and very awesome. Yes. yes. Except for him, him, it was kind of a virtue of things look cheap and crap. Whereas Penn and Teller go very big a lot of the time. Mm. But all of its slick moves and stuff, his were like, you know, even if they're doing stuff where they reveal how they did it. Yeah, anyway, quite a raw act. Which did. worked for him. and It was, it was awesome. pretty genius. Anyway, that's, that's Tommy Cooper. Mm. That's uh, my old Tommy Cooper shit. Uh, so, Stephen Baker was with the candles. Um, yeah, so I, I'm trying to picture it now, and I think there was a lot of candles around. <laughs> they saw a couple of candles and thought, yeah, let's light them all. Yeah. <laughs> and is he just led amongst lots of candles looking lovely or something? I can't remember. Now. Oh, yeah. I think is that your dream? My dream? Yeah. He's but, led in amongst a load of candles. Like an old boy's video. Oh, no, I thought you meant Benny. <laughs> I was going to say, that's your dream of Benny in loads of candles. Just looking lovely. Oh, I don't know. Dottie is usually uh, a lesbian dog. This isn't sarcastic. But Dee from Baker's a boy. The, the lady dogs. Yeah, yeah but, but she set up going, saying, oh, I don't know. I, I, I usually play for the other team. But for Dee, but I might Dee. an exception. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there was a shot I think where he looked particularly angelic uh, with the candles. Moment. Yeah, I think. I think that's yeah. what that's a reference to. And then I think, you know, he's a gentleman. He walks her home afterwards. Um, then he goes back to his flats, and then there is a knock on the door, and she has come back. And then there's anger and kisses. Yeah. So why did she go again in the first place? She just had to go home. Yeah, it was, it, they'd had dinner, you know, yeah. and oh, he walks her home. There's another thing where she goes over to the window and she looks out and they go over to the stuff across the road, I think. Is that late? That's Is that later. Our... Okay, sorry. Yeah. Ignore, ignore that for a second then, dear listener. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, yeah. So That's she, actually when she stays over. Yeah, in yeah the middle so of the it's night. again where they have this kind of chasing goodbye mm. and it's all a bit like 
stuff unspoken. Yeah. There's clearly yeah. something in the air. In the air, she says goodbye and leaves. And yeah, as you say, comes back very yeah. angry. And it's just all this stuff comes out. Yeah. And she said earlier, oh, I think you owe me, like, when they're talking about the shopping and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, it's just... So much set up in here. Mm, yeah. So nice. So when she comes back angry, it just feels right, and then they go into some nice angry sex. <laughs> but I, I know Benny having sex. I thought he was a virgin. No, I was just going to say on the way home, he actually buys this. He finds the money in the wallet, and he actually is buys that like no, because it is. Um. Oh, wait a minute. It hasn't happened yet. That's coming up. Hmm. Because she, she has to give him the money. Because when she comes in very angry... But she gives him the money when yeah, she's cooking the meal. Yeah, I thought she was right cooking there. the meal when she gives him the money. You might be right. And then I think on the way back, he buys the soapstone with the money. Then he gets back to his apartment. Then she knocks on the door and comes in. Right, okay. Because I just remember that, that she buys loads of groceries. Yeah. And then... Oh, no, he buys groceries. He does, yeah. She goes, yeah. oh, how much do I owe you? And she, he goes, don't worry. And then she goes like, uh, oh, yeah, I think you owe me. And then later on, she, she puts some money in his wallet. But, yeah, it's while she's cooking, I think, yeah. she puts money on. Yeah. But he buys this soapstone thing on the way home. Yeah, there's this guy who's going, it's but, like, uh, oh, yeah, this is genuine yeah. Eskimo soap. And he goes... He knows it is. He looks at the bottom and goes, it says made in China. Didn't the is it Eskimos? Or is it, I can't remember now. Uh, I don't. You know, whatever people like, or Indians, like whatever. And uh, he, he goes, uh, "It's made in China." Didn't they cross the Bering Strait? And he's like, "Fair enough." <laughs> 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 and over the money. It's so yeah. nice. But so they get this. He gets his soapstone, um, and then it goes back. What my issue was actually was obviously after they have the sex mm -hmm. she gets up to do some washing the up sex. I have oh, no, can we can we before we get there you want to go back to the sex <laughs> i do only because they then go back to the sex when then. they start having sex the sex uh <laughs> they have snow falling down the apartment it's another one of these lovely shots where it's like again i don't think you commonly have that in juice house no it looks so beautiful so effective it's it's like they're in a big snow globe there's mm -hmm. one bit where she puts her hand in his mouth. So that's like, I know we're like the um, omniscient observer. So we're seeing all this stuff on the outside. So we've seen the thing, the confession. But that would just be something, I f you feel like she's doing this kind of like, remember this. Oh, it's kind of so cold. personal, so intimate. <laughs> oh, she's just cold in this apartment. All right, or it's just not romantic at all. Maybe I mean, she was just cold. Her nose was going in his mouth next. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love that bit. I I love that kind of like this is something that would mean something to just them. No one else yeah. would get it, mm. and uh, I thought it was just such a nice little callback. Something mm. which I don't think. Well, when I first watched this, I was kind of like early twenties and. I mean, wasn't as observant to these things. When we're watching these back now, we're, we're looking out for all this stuff. Mm. It, it, it's such a lovely little touch. Mm. You know, if you don't notice it, you don't miss... You know, you can still enjoy the episode. If you do notice it, it just adds this whole other layer. And then after the sex... <laughs> yeah, after the sex, something that bugged me was she... Well, this didn't bug me. She started washing up. She got up in the middle of the night and started washing up. So she ran the water, got the she soap. Put some marigolds on. But she gets the soap, you know, it's like all oh, the soapstone that he bought. She puts that on the dishcloth. But a bit that got me, she then starts wiping down the sides. 
Now, nobody wipes down the sides before you wash up. You wash up and then you wipe down the sides. Mm. So there you go, just a little sort of self bugbear, really. <laughs> you don't wash the, just a tip to you as well, Ian. You never wipe the sides down. I'm not saying you've done that, but just in well, case you wipe down the sides or doing In case you now, ever wash up, no. don't don't clean the By sides. By the way, off. for anyone who's listening, I do the cooking, she does the washing up. That's that's our deal. So don't think I'm just being lazy. I just don't do cleaning dishes. But just in case it ever comes, don't wipe the sides down for it. You've been told. Uh, and it's also in the scene, I think, where she looks out the window and she spots someone across the street that she recognises. Yeah, well, I do you even see him on the first shot? Because I think there's a couple of shots where you see through that window. And I think on the first one, you just see the empty window, isn't it? Or do you see someone in the window? I'm trying to remember. Because I think there's a few shots where you see out that window with different people looking out. Mm before you find out that it's significant. Yeah. Because I think this first one looks almost innocuous, but as experienced due south mm. observers as the three of us are now, when you see a shot like that, which is apparently means nothing, you know it means something. Yeah. If you're watching your first episode of due south, you don't even consider that as meaning something. But uh, by episode whatever this is, you know every shot yeah. means something. It's just great. Mm. And then we might actually have an audio clip of the next bit. Um, you know, he, he's had the sex and he hasn't turned up for work the next day, which is very unlike him. And this causes some um, people to worry. So, by the way, if I can't remember if I said it for the first two, but the first uh, clip was something we like to call Victoria's sighting. Second one was Benny's confession. And this one we like to call, you got a woman in there. And again, with the professionalism <laughs> and the high quality in which we record all these, that little clip of whatever Nicola was saying there was uh, from the original record when we watched, when we watched this episode. Can you write the thumbs up? Dunno. Can you remember what that was about? No. I mean what I remember particularly from that episode, I loved how what was I originally I remember noting how Benny is just He's smiling throughout. He's not like a straight face as usually yeah. is. He's kind of... He just looks... That giddy look you have the the night after a passionate night of lovemaking. He's got that kind of like grin on his face. He's kind of like going... 
Yeah, yeah, I just didn't go to work, you know, which he would never it's be so not him, about. is it? Yeah. He's just become a man. Yeah, well, yeah, because he's never had sex before, according to Michelle. But he's also kind of boyish at the same time, isn't he? Yeah, I, I mean, it's, there's a lightness. Every way in which he moves for that scene and the scene that follows is the least Benny-like you yeah. ever see him. It just... Uh, and even Ray, like, Ray is usually so kind of like, oh, I better act cool and, like, large and in charge. He's going, you got a woman in there? You got a... <sighs> Yeah. He's just he's so gleeful for his friend. It's marvellous. Yeah. And it's just so wonderful, especially when you get the payoff of what happens next. Mm. A setup of how happy he is for his friend and how happy uh, are you right then, Nicola? Sorry, you're going for a wee-wee was that Nicola? I'm going for a wee-woo. For a wee-woo, okay. <laughs> what a cocktail? Dirty, do you want to go for a wee as well? Yeah, we'll go for a wee. Girls going for a wee. <laughs> God, they always go together in twos. It's not just in the clubs anymore, guys. Um, the whole setup again is just beautiful. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just nice to to see Benny cut loose. It is. It's such a different Benny. Um, just like you say, just absolutely everything. The way he stands is different. The way he, he looks is different. He couldn't be any more different. This is the effect one woman has on him. My goodness. Well, no. The woman. The woman. The woman. The, woman. After, the one woman. After the sex. <laughs> well, because well, there's loads of other women who are always cracking on to him. Yeah. You suddenly, and he never wants to borrow them. And you suddenly get, it's just, it's the right woman, that's what he needs. Yeah. He needs the one. Like, and who knows even, like, uh, what effect on him it would have been if he'd never met her. Mm. Maybe he is different towards approaching other women. But he is... It's the one time he fell in love. We assume at a young age, young early in his mm. career. Yeah. So maybe that had a deep effect. Why he doesn't just go for any woman? I think he'd be about the job anyway. But particularly, maybe he doesn't succumb to the wiles of the flesh <laughs> because he, this is the one time he fell in love. And when he he fall in love, it's just maybe a lot more difficult for him to just go and have sex. Mm. Nothing could measure up to this. Yeah. Next now, scene, Michelle. Well, I was going to oh, say, before no, we just move on, on, I'm just going back to the thumbs up. When Ray goes to his neighbour, he's got a woman in there. Did, she, did that neighbour then put the thumbs up to him? I wonder that. Was it an old oh, lady? Maybe, yeah, I think yes. it was an old lady, wasn't it? I think she gives him the thumbs up. It's just the way it just doesn't fit. And oh, and another thing I want to point out is that Deefen Baker is outside the front door, isn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. we we were like, <gasps> Benny didn't let Deef in. <laughs> Maybe Deefen Baker was staring at them, so he got kicked out. Saying <laughs> <laughs> he's lucky loader in sex. I don't know. He's probably like he's having sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um. Oh, then um. Obviously, Benny does go back to work. And there's just tons of get well soon balloons and flowers. Yes. Everyone assumes he's off. He must be sick. Well, doesn't he? No, he says earlier before the sex. The sex. The sex. He said, uh, I've got about a hundred and, you know, however many, whatever he says, uh, sick, sick days. days yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of laid down that he's going to pull the sickie. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So it's just all the reaction of... I mean, you guess all these are from ladies. Yeah. All these are from female uh, <laughs> employees or people who come by the consulate or... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a really nice scene. 
Yeah, really nice touch there. Um, what else? Oh, and then we go on to the... We see the cabin being um, blown up. Well, no, we saw that at the beginning of the episode. They just say... They tell Benny that's Do they tell him? Oh, do they not show it again? No. Okay, yeah, they just talk about them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so that happened. <laughs> oh, good. But he does get to talk to yeah. his dad about it. And there's a wonderful bit where it's like uh, his dad hears about the cowboy. I, I think he says, like, oh, I wasn't using it much anymore. Yeah. And uh, Benny goes off to do something else or to, you know, with Victoria, whatever he's going off to do. And his dad just, uh, like, gives a little look around and then grabs the mounty hat. Yeah. <laughs> so next time you see him, he's got a perfect, perfect hat on. Oh, yeah. these nice little touches. Yeah, it's just a oh, little one. Again, those, those kind of little comedy moments, it just, if you take them away, this episode works fine. There's no, you don't need them there. Mm. But it's so much better for just these little touches. Yeah. Lovely mixture of kind of seriousness and, and comedy. Well, it's, it's what makes Juice Out, Juice Out and other shows just like more forgettable. Yeah. And then we move on to uh, Ray's kind of get together, his lad's night in. Yes. You know, you see them at the playing pool and everything. I think I, I made a note of his waistcoat. I think he's got a very nice snazzy waistcoat on in this. I've made a note of it. Um, you know, he's chilling. He's dressed for the occasion. Um, well, isn't there a bit... Was this a race? Yeah, it's a race. Hotel Vicky. Oh, no, no, it's late. So, yeah. no, don't worry. Don't ignore me. Ignore me. Yeah, so he's there and they're in their casuals and they're yeah. playing pool. And, of course... Someone's not there. But, I mean, there, there is some large, lovely visual comedy uh, with our, our friend Tito Craig, yeah. uh, Tony Craig, uh, <laughs> I would never call him, I, Tony, I don't think you're listening, but if you are, just, I'm only kidding. Uh, but yeah, so you've got all the guys there and they're kind of going to do these shots and like it's such a tiny room for a pool table. They're all leaning against the wall and their cues don't quite fit. Yeah, they can't quite take the shot properly. Try not to rip the felt on the pool table. Yeah. Uh, Walter's going, it's like, uh, I thought there was going to be some sort of meat platter. And uh, <laughs> Ray's like, uh, uh, due to some unforeseen financial difficulties, that was not possible. Uh, caper? <laughs> you know? yeah. And it's because earlier on in the episode for the vacuum, Benny's borrowed that money. And Benny was meant to be there with the money. With the money, yeah. And he hasn't shown up. And this is the first time that Ray's been let down by Benny. Mm. But he knows he can rely on him. And again, all these kind of subtle mentions of it yeah. before lead up to, you know, you know how much it means to him. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, I have to say, though, just like going, before we move on, going back to the awkwardness with the, the pool cues, they're all like struggling to take their shots. There was this wonderful moment where um Walsh, he gets, opens the window or gets someone to open the window, sticks his cue out the window and takes the perfect shot. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone else has to struggle. He's going, like... Open the window, please, uh, Detective Cardino. Yeah. Yeah, it makes a perfect shot. It's, it's great. Uh, it's very uh, in keeping with his character as well, yeah. I think. Yeah. outside the door. Is this when, I think, Ray... Well, yeah. Cause yeah, because Ray think, goes cause, to... Was Stephen Baker actually outside the door in that earlier clip? I thought it was him. Yeah, maybe he, yeah, maybe he wasn't outside the door. Because there's certainly this clip where we go back to... Oh, the scene where we go back yeah. to, uh, to Benny with Victoria. And Ray's livid. Yeah. Comes back to the apartment. And then he sees Deef outside and goes, oh, you've been left out in the cold too or something yeah, along yeah. these lines. Yeah, I think that's it. Because uh, he's so annoyed. And then he, he goes to the door and Benny's like, uh, oh, um, I thought you didn't need the money till Friday. And he goes, it is Friday. And, or it is, it's Saturday today. And you can see how much Benny's just gone into a bubble. Mm. 
just unaware of anything else around him. And so, you know, he's going, oh, let, yeah, let me get you the money now because don't do me any favours. And Ray moves off and goes away. And then Benny goes in and he's kind of getting his stuff on, but he's not getting his Mountie suit on. Like, almost every other scene you see him just bring his Mountie clothes. And he puts on this red jacket and he just looks more casual. Again, it's this thing of, like, how he presents himself. After he gets with Victoria, he just seems more casual. And like, as he's going to, even though it means so much to him to catch up with Ray and make sure everything's okay with him, he stops kind of like, uh, I think he puts, does put his hat on, spoons it and points back to Victoria and goes, don't go anywhere. Or, you know, the, the, he, some, yeah, he spends like a moment to like still check in with her, mm. even though this means so much to him. And then he gets back into Benny mode a bit because he runs outside and kind of like runs to catch up with uh, Ray's car and catches him at the lights. Hello, Nicola. Hello, Dottie. Have you woo-wooed? <laughs> uh, you can really smell that rum when you come in. Oh, yeah. Mm. So uh, just to, to set the scene for you guys, we're just saying about how uh, when Ray comes to the house and looks... He's so hurt by Benny not having showed up for him. And then Benny still is like, he's getting dressed in all these kind of casual clothes. And he stops to kind of point back to make sure Victoria's okay before he goes outside after after Ray and runs up to the car. Because uh, I think she apologises, doesn't she? She's like, oh, I'm sorry, you know. Yeah, like, oh, no, it's not your fault. Again, typical Benny to take all of himself. Uh, and then he runs after her. Oh, runs after him. him. Sorry, him. Do you remember that scene? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do. But it's, again, we're saying it's like it, it strikes us as much as the other scene where you see Benny holding himself differently. He's acting differently by, like, you know, not just running after Ray. He has to check in on Victoria and make sure she's okay before he runs after. Yeah. Well, that's that kind of insight you can expect <laughs> from Nick. <laughs> But then, unfortunately, there is a gunshot. Oh. No, Nicola, if you don't have something to say about this bit. You remember the gunshot? Oh. Yes, yeah, I so the Benny goes running back up to the flat. And unfortunately... Well, well no, but first of all, we see it's actually because the door's open. Do we see someone going through? We certainly see... Diefenbaker going through the door back in and there's a shot from Diefenbaker just before we hear the gunshot and it's like one second, Dotty up! <laughs> so there's a shot on Diefenbaker so you know it's Diefenbaker that's, well it's only very much implied that he's got shot yeah. and then they cut away from it and you see Benny outside and Ray, and they hear the gunshot. I think they hear it, yes. And then they scramble back yeah. inside, and they see Stephen Baker laying there bleeding. <laughs> I, I, I watched this episode twice. Honestly, the second time knowing that was coming, it was pretty difficult. I find that Steve. Steve. I mean, it's a doggo for a start. Exactly. I mean, a wolfo doggo, but still a doggo. Yeah, this is a tough scene, isn't it? And even though I've seen the rest of the series, I know he gets through it, you know, I'm still 
is he going to be okay this time? Maybe this time a watch is yeah. not going to make it. Maybe they've changed. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, and then yeah, Victoria's not there. She's she's run away, I think, hasn't she? She she goes to the zoo. Yeah, because uh, yeah, she runs yeah, off. Yeah, so she runs, and then Granny tracks her down. Yeah, somehow manages to track her down to the zoo. And there's a surprise. Was it? I can't straight to the zoo. I can't anyway, remember. yeah. He tracks her down, and she's sort of going. It's like, oh, I didn't know. Like it's the. And she goes. He. It's not putting up with any of her crap. It's like, what happened? Who shot Deef? Like you know, she's going. It's like, Look, I don't know. It's like, who shot it? Like she. He is. Again, these other sides to his character you never see. He's angry. When else do you see Benny angry? Mm. He's so measured, so controlled, and he, he, he. We know he's in love with this girl to the point where he acts unlike himself, and then further, when he feels betrayed by her, he acts even less like himself. Yeah. Yeah, and so I, I don't think we touched on the fact that we saw this guy through the window, did we? So at some at some point, you know, this window that they've um kind of pointed to earlier on, we actually see him. Yeah. watching their apartment well Benny's apartment not theirs Benny's apartment you see this guy so it's him he's come in he's shot Dave he's chasing Victoria but we didn't really know who he was at the time basically through again I'm really sorry we usually go towards mm. the episode right before disclaimer disclaimer but essentially we get to the the fact that it's her accomplices from the original high spec mm. they're looking for the money I think she tells him that eventually yeah and uh, they tracked her down. She was basically on the run. That's why she was... Yeah. I mean, I think she was going to somehow get hold of the money, then run. Mm. It was the idea that she was going to be there for a couple of days. She didn't count on bumping into Benny. There was no money. There was no money. Oh, yeah, yeah. She had laid out as if there was. There was. I think there was money. But she, I'm sure she said yeah. that when she got there, there was no there money. There was no money. Yeah. Money had gone. So, anyway, she was... Um, you end up with a showdown at the zoo, so the, mm-hmm. the uh, other criminals are there. She's there, Benny's there. They, they've kind of all worked, it, worked it out what's kind of the setup of things and that they were watching the apartment from across the road. Yeah. They followed her to so this. He's obviously Chicago. waited until Benny's not in the apartment and then he's gone in, I assume. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you've you got to this point where you don't know what she's telling is true, what's a yeah. lie. And then they go outside, and does Benny get shot at this stage? No, I think we're maybe jumping ahead a little bit because ah. then Victoria, and I think we might have a clip of this, goes to stay at Ray's for protection. Yes, of course she does. And this is a little clip we like to call Hotel Vecchio. Mm-hmm. Okay, nothing happens to you while you're under my roof. If I'm not 
Not you I do it for, so it's yeah. like, that's the line. Uh, yeah, so much to unpack in this, yeah. unpack in this scene. Not only has come moments earlier in the narrative, and I'm sorry we are jumping around a bit, um, but not only moments earlier has he felt so let down by Benny, but it kind of speaks to that friendship that when the chip's down, when kind of uh, his wolf's got shut, when everything's going to hell for Benny, it doesn't matter what's happened before. No, it doesn't matter that he let him down in this instance. This is more important. Uh, and he's willing to look after his girlfriend, which he doesn't know if, if uh, he can trust, mm-hmm. uh, Victoria. But he's willing to do that. And the other thing which I think it was both of you noticed was some stuff in the background. <laughs> and this is Francesca's room, uh, uh, Ray's. Sister. Probably the worst room Ray could have put her in, but he mm-hmm. does. What did you notice in the background? Uh, the photographs of Benny. So she's got kind of like a shrine yes. to Benny. But I think what got me more than the shrine is I think if I was Victoria, I would have thought, why is there a shrine in your sister's room <laughs> of Benny? That would have not maybe, but it like it wasn't even brought up, was it? It no. wasn't even noticed. What, I think she looks at them. Does she pick one of them up and look at them? I don't know, but there's no like. I'd have been like she kind of shrugs it off instead of like. Or even mm-hmm. even if she wasn't that bothered, you'd have got a, like. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Some reaction to it. I don't yeah. know. It's like she looked like his gra- looked at his grandmother or something. Do you I know think what I mean? There was no. If you know Benny. You understand that most people are going to have a shrine to him. Most of them at least. <laughs> yeah, but you just still made some... Even if she went, ah, as if it was a like acknowledgement that that was <laughs> yeah. what you'd have. Oh, another shrine to Benny. Why <laughs> yeah. don't I see these? <laughs> but that's what I mean. There was no... Yeah. No, you know. I don't know. <laughs> no, you know, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a really nice... And if you do look closely, someone phone for the uh, really observant fan... And probably couldn't even see it on the TV screens of the day. But if you do look at those photos of Benny, they're actually all, well, I think they're all publicity shots from the show. Uh, right. So they're very post and everything. But that's just a little fun thing. I, th- mm. yeah, that was, I think they might have taken some stills from the other episodes as well. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Yeah, and then kind of going back to classic Benny as well, he's kind of figured out someone's probably been watching the apartment figures out probably where they were watching him. And you see them over, Benny and Ray, they're at this um, window where the guy was, was watching them and there's cigarettes there. And Benny picks yes. one up, he sniffs it, he's like, ah, Canadian cigarette. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's how they track down the, who it is. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, do we go to the zoo next? Um, I pointed out some uh, interesting camera angles. Can't remember what they were now, though. Move on. Then. No, okay, move on. Hmm. Um, uh, yeah, so they, they track and down. They go to the motel, and I think that's probably where the interesting camera angles were, actually. The okay. guy running the motel, there's some yeah some interesting camera angles on him. Um, yeah, so they're trying to oh, find... Oh, it's the bit where they show the photo, oh, goes like, have you seen this guy? Yeah. yeah. No, no, he definitely hasn't been here. Uh, Ray takes the photo away, goes back and goes, what about this guy? No, definitely not. And the guy's wearing these big thick glasses. Yeah. Takes away, puts it back in here. Or oh, this guy. Oh, yeah, him. He was in uh, room number five. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Again, like, 
Usually you wouldn't want to waste any shoe leather when you're building up the tension, but somehow these comfy moments just work yeah. in this show. And then you go on to Miss Arkansas. Is it Miss Arkansas? Yeah. Oh, was it Arkansas? Yes. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Nicely remembered. Yeah. She had this old lady with a sash, you'd say, in one of yeah. the rooms, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because they're knocking on the door and there's like no answer, but they so they need to find a way to get in the room legally, kind of, <laughs> kind of legally. Yes. <laughs> And again, oh, again, this lovely another moment whereby Bernie would usually shut this shit down yeah. pronto, but he doesn't. <laughs> you know, he's desperate to find this guy, and he was willing. You know, for Victoria, for Deepen Baker. Um, yeah, so Ray. Um, I can't remember how he gets in the door now. Does he break. I think he just opens way? the door. He goes. The doors open. He's like, and I think Benny does remind him that you're not going to. Not really supposed to just go. Uh, yeah, unless there was some imminent danger. So he lights the. Um, the bin on fire. Yeah. Put some paper in it. Shuts, he shuts the, door. the door again. He goes, do you sound like, yes, I believe I do, right? <laughs> so he knocks on the... But I think they have a little interchange first, don't they? Anyway, yeah. they, they knock on Miss Arkansas's door. This woman comes out in this sash. This elderly lady in this sash. Of, like, yeah, uh, like, yeah. Old obviously queen. she's seen better days when she was uh, Miss Arkansas. And then she goes, uh, he goes, oh, have you seen anything mysterious next door? Maybe, you know, yeah. Any mysterious smells or anything? She goes, Ah, fire! <laughs> and then Ray shouts out, I believe someone may be in imminent danger in there! <laughs> and kicks the door open. Again, lovely moment, something which Benny would never allow to happen usually. Yeah, but it, this time he was willing to go along with it, and it was great. And this little fire that um, Ray had caused as well was actually quite difficult for him to put out, wasn't it? Yeah, he tries to stamp it out, then ends up being in the shower. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, Benny then finds yeah. a clue, probably a stub from the zoo. Or yeah, yeah. Thing, you know. uh, and yeah, so they end up in the zoo. Is that where we go next? Uh, yeah. So then, he, I can't remember how, but he somehow realises that um, this guy knows where um, where Victoria is. So he phones Victoria up, says you're not safe at Ray's, meet me where where we last met or something. So he, yeah. gets, so he heads back to the zoo and there's a bit of a kerfuffle. And the zoo is a wonderful staging area. Yeah. I, I don't know which zoo that is, but they've got uh, this wonderful uh, underwater sort of like aquarium area yeah, where they get the polar, polar bears, bears moving around. So when you've got these yeah. nice, intense uh, bits of conversation between the bad guy and Victoria, they're talking away, and you've got what's coming in the background. And then I think also, don't you get a scene with both them two and then with Ray and. Victoria? Or was it just Ray and Victoria in that bit? I can't remember now. But certainly there's yeah. one between Ray and Victoria. Mm. Where they're talking with these kind of polar bears moving in the background. Yeah. And then when they're running around, you've got all these animals about and this wonderful, this fake waterfall. Yeah. It's just mm -hmm. such a wonderful mm -hmm. setting which somehow adds more to the drama of it. Mm. It's really nice. There's this moment where, like... Uh, Ray's hanging off this artificial waterfall and this guy's stamping on his fingers until he falls. Yeah. I've got stabbed about... There's a stabbing? Who gets stabbed? I can't even remember who gets um, stabbed Yeah, now. he stabs... Um, I, he actually st gets... Um, doesn't he stab his hand to... Was that the stabbing I of the hand? I think so. Oh, is it stabbing? Mm. Actually? Yeah. There's a stabbing that... Um, and then he falls into the waterfall. Yeah, but then the the baddie goes into his car, doesn't he? 
<clears throat> and I think Victoria shoots him. Yeah, yeah well, he goes, oh, I'm glad you finally seen, seen sense. She goes, yes, I have, and shoots him. Yeah. And then she makes off, and the police are all there, and they're after Benny, aren't they? Because, mm. like, uh, there's been some counterfeit money been handed out. She suddenly realised the money he's been, she's been handing him is counterfeit. Counterfeit money, yeah. Or, 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 or the yeah. proceeds from the original robbery, yeah, is it? Right. Yeah, from the original robbery, that's it. It's real money from the original robbery, and they uh, descend on Benny, and that's where we leave the episode. Yes. So yeah, Benny's an in the stem, and uh, I don't want to give anything away, but there's other things you may have had problems in this episode which might get explained in part two. Nicola. Okay. Uh, might be something. Well, no, I'm just saying this now so people don't <laughs> uh, write in saying, oh, well, actually, in part two, don't tell us, because we know it's coming up. Well, I, I've seen it before, so I remember some certain details. I oh. think I can guess it. Victoria explains why she wipes the sides down before she does the washing up. Well, I'd like to have you explain, explain it. Herself. No, that's the scene to which I allude. It's not, she doesn't explain it, but it might become relevant. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and on that bombshell, <laughs> after an hour and a half, I think that's about it from us mm-hmm. this week. Uh, Guys, we cannot wait to watch and talk to you about part two of Victoria's Secret. It's a oh, really is a seminal episode. Uh, we've got yeah, a few. Th- we have actually got a few things to go through first, though. We've got our mosts and bests and ratings yeah. of the week, which I haven't really thought about at all. No. Watching this, so this is going to be quite a white knuckle <laughs> ride. Let's start off with our well. The rating should be, I think, pretty easy. It is for me anyway. But uh, mm. Nicola, how many? Um, Snowflakes out of ten, are you going to give this episode? Mm, eight and a half. Eight and a half? Oh, what, what, what mopped it down from the t- perfect ten? Because he didn't keep the rest of her but warm. He just went for fingers. <laughs> he didn't care thing. about her nose. I there was no and also, I didn't like the fact that they had a polar bear at the zoo. I'm sorry. that mm. I know it's about them, but I didn't like that. They should be in the wild. Fair enough. Mark that down for that as well. Very okay. picky things. Okay. But it was a great Michelle. episode. Okay, I very much enjoyed this episode, and I'm going to give it a nine and a half out of ten. Ooh, nine and a half. Ooh, yeah. I was going to give nine snowflakes because Ooh. it's the it's a great episode, but it's set up, and then part two delivers the yeah. That's know, why I'm withholding half. Yeah, so I was going to withhold the whole one, but do I go nine and a half now? Mm. God, I thought the rating was going to be the easy part. I, I'm going to meet you at nine yeah. and a half. Okay, yeah. Because I believe part two, I don't know because I haven't watched it back, but I think it's going to go for the perfect turn. <laughs> because it's, it's set up and knocking it down. I think that part two knocks it down in a, a wonderful way, but we will see. Yes. So that having said, now we have to go for our most American and most Canadian of the week. Uh, let's start with most American. I'm going to start this one. I'm going to go with the, the bad guy whose name completely eludes me because, you know, I think he's got that, uh, again, we always say there's so many facets to the American psyche. We're not saying it's all <laughs> Americans. But the sheer evil bad guy American, like the archetype of a bad guy American is pretty much played by, by him, even though he's Canadian. Okay. Me? Okay, I'm going for the guy in the yellow taxi that pulled the gun. <laughs> oh, damn it, that's better. That's a good one. Oh. Actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I've never done this before. I'm going to change my answer to you and take over yours. 
Because mm-hmm. I've always said we could do that, but it's never, yeah. I think, happened. So, but I think, I think I'm, I'm going to stick works. with mine. I, I will stick with mine. I think I'm thinking of kind of a little bit silly along my lines. I was going to go for the Miss Arkansas lady because I think that's very American. That's very nice. Yeah. Although, I forgot to ask, uh, why would someone pulling a gun be seen as American in any way, Nicola? I don't know. I mean, just I, a feeling we had, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just can't yeah. think. I mean, that obviously happens in every. Place. I mean, only you, you know. I'm sure if I was in Southampton or anywhere in the country, it would. Have oh happened. no! Well, no. The the American president of this day did say that we've got knives everywhere. <sighs> anyway, uh, <laughs> so uh, we don't get yellow taxis. That was my thinking. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and Miss Arkansas. Yeah. Um. Well, I. Hang on, past glories? Is there anything about that in America? I can't picture anything. (laughs) I think just because she had, you know, this title of a state in America, that's, yeah, it makes her very American. Okay. She's American. That's cool. Uh, So most Canadian of the week. I think I'm going to go with Victoria, because even though she's conflicted in this episode, thus far, and we may feel differently about her in all sorts of ways mm. in part two. I'm not saying it's not kind of dry. We end up feeling differently about her maybe in part two. or I know I will. But in part one, I think she is someone who's on a story of redemption. She's kind of like, uh, she's being very nice and caring towards Benny, despite what's happened in the past. She's <coughs> looking out for him. Um, you know, trying to slip that money back in, in his wallet, mm. even though she's angry with him. So I'm going to go with Victoria. Uh, Michelle this time. Well, probably very obvious, but I was also going to go for Victoria. Oh, and and actually one of the reasons I was going to say was that, you know, the fact that he had her arrested and she was still so nice towards him afterwards. I mean, yeah, that's kind of Canadian in my eyes. Yeah? yeah, Oh, Canadian in my eyes. eyes. The uh, Canadian version of Stars in their eyes. (laughs) Yes. Me? Okay. Well, unless Dottie Baker wants to give me... <laughs> I think she had something yeah. to say there. <laughs> um, Turning into a kid again. Mine, and it might be controversial, mm. and I think maybe you might go, oh, but you can't have that one, but I don't care, I'm having it anyway. It's Ray or Benny, you're not allowed No, to. it's Benny's dad. Yeah, you can have him. Oh, yeah. good. Because like, he's once, not... Though. Yeah. And you're not allowed him once. In future episodes, you can't <laughs> Okay. You can only have an experience one with Benny's dad then. <laughs> well, one, I sorry. think every other week, I think we agreed. Like okay. like with, uh, for instance, uh, Leslie Nielsen, he guest appears and lights then. So you can have him the first time he's in, but then okay. when he reappears, you're not allowed to. So that's too easy then. My reasoning being is there was a couple of actually, and there was some that we didn't mention, I don't think, tonight. Um, obviously, we mentioned the fact that the hat was cut, but there was another ep- uh, scene where he had to talk again to his dad. I think it was when he was in, uh, they were all sending the get well gifts. Right at the end of the scene, he looks around and he goes and grabs the hat, the Mountie hat, that's <laughs> actually the full round size. And I think for com- Canadian comedy moments, they were a good, even though the episode was what it was, more of a touching episode, mm. those couple of comedy moments I thought were yeah. clever and I, I liked them, so that was my... To be able to, that, well, it's what I always call the only fools and horses kind of mm. moment. Mm. To be able to do comedy straight after drama, only fools and horses were the masters of yeah. that. Yeah. And I think actually Due South may be one of the closest things you get to doing that as successfully. 
Mm. Mm. So very nicely done. And I think he does at one stage say, Oi, Benny, you plonker. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. You can forget. <laughs> yeah, let's not forget that bit. Well, I think we already had Gordon Vincent, who plays uh, Fraser Senior. Yeah. In, I think we already picked him as our Canadian. We've had him. Both in the first episode <laughs> he was in. So, you know, first main episode he's yeah. in when he comes yeah. back from the dead. But I haven't had him yet. No, you haven't. So you have was, now. Well, it was my now. turn. <laughs> How was it for you? It was great. We enjoyed him. Yeah. Did you? I did too then. So for this week, <laughs> I've been... Squee with me as always has been Dottie Baker and joining us has been... Ah, civil... I forgot who I am. I think civilian. I'm civilian aid. Civilian aid, Elaine Nicola. And Mountie Michelle. And until next week, uh, guys, I mean, imagine, if you will, just take a flight of fancy with me, that if, if the listeners had a compass, perchance... Which direction might they keep appointed until next week? Due south by south east. <laughs>